0: United States of America. Call, 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 call. Spring your mind. Cross the line now, say the truth below. No. Why don't you take it back? What's up, peaks, freaks, and geeks? Welcome to another Around the Pool edition of Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast for Saturday, October 21st, 2017. In today's edition of the show, Rick and I sit around the pool with the man, Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself, and make our pitches for how we think tomorrow's TLC pay-per-view should go down. But, before we jump in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. We're talking the creative as well as the business behind the business that is professional wrestling. You can follow the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Drop us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined, as always, alongside my Huckleberry, RBV, Rick, welcome to your show. It's me,
1: it's me, it's RBV, Rick Vickery here. And I want everyone to know that, that I have checked in as safe on Facebook. I have survived the great WWE TLC meltdown of 2017. Wow, what, what a... What a wild twenty-four hours we've had! You know, this all kind of just broke loose. You know, I was posting the Wrestle Zone discussion group pick'em challenge entry thread, and it, seriously, as soon, as soon as I hit the send button, oh, did the shit hit the fan? Alerts were going off in every which direction. It was as if the WWE universe itself—it was just imploding. I looked out to the horizon, and I, I thought I saw Rick, Arn, Tully, and Ol' riding in. It was. And it was like the end of times, brother.
0: I literally woke up to this news. You called me yesterday and woke my ass up at three o'clock. I, in the I, I know when you.
1: I know when you found out because I was making sure I was calling your ass.
0: Holy shit! What a crazy forty-eight hours, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm terrified that we're going to record this podcast, and then the next thing you know,
1: like the apocalypse is going to happen. Sure, and, and, you know, you know the point of our show with these poolside bookers, is to give our opinion on how, you know, not how we think it's going to go down or what directions they're going in, but how we would actually present this to Mystic McMahon. And I, this, this was a tough one, as I'm sure it
0: was for you, too, Yargo. Well, I mean, coming into this show, I was not excited about this show at all. To be completely honest, I wasn't even planning on watching this show live. I was just going to sleep through
1: it and then watch it when I get to work. But now... Okay, I'll give you- I'll say that, that is taking a change. That is a 180 now from, from a couple of days ago. Well,
0: yeah, now this is must-see television. I mean, who knows what in the hell is going to go down? I feel so bad for all the writers out there.
1: That's what I was going to kind of get to, you know, is, as tricky as this might be for us just having fun here on the and Mark's podcast. Man, can you imagine the pressure that those guys are really under right oh, now? Oh,
0: man, it is a scramble, and especially we don't know – I mean, number one, there's the Bray Wyatt thing. Okay, so you kill the sister Abigail, and you can move forward from there. But when Roman Reigns is one, of, I, when you build the show around one guy, and then he's out for, we don't know. It could be days. It could be weeks. We have no idea.
1: When you, when you put all those eggs in one basket, it's, about, it's eventually going to come back and bite you in the ass.
0: And to take it back to uh, our last episode, when we were talking about the SmackDown Six, that's what Heyman was trying to avoid back then. You have one guy go down. Well, that's okay. You've still got five other focal points of the show. You
1: just move somebody else into that spot. Roman, Roman's down, and as hectic as it is for them, it might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise here because it has gave a surgence of energy into many of the fans that they're, they're, they're over the top excited about what might happen here. At TLC, it, WWE hasn't had this much excitement in God knows when I, I can't even remember last time that I've seen so many people eager for an event to happen.
0: So here's how we're going to break down this show. We're going to go through the matches as they stand. And we're going to save Balor Styles and the big TLC match for last. And then we'll kind of get into everything that's going on there and the creative going into it. But for now, let's just start off with the matches that we already have established. We're actually going to kick things off with the pre-show because with as much hype as there has been going into this show, this show is already sold. You're not selling this show to anybody else with anything in the ring that Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox is going to do. So I think you and I both agree we're going to bump them to the main show and we're just going to save the pre-show basically as an explanation of... This is what in the hell is going on, and here's what's happening tonight.
1: I'm going to go a little different from you there. Um, I am going to keep them on the pre-show. Oh, you are? I am. I'm going to, I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm going to cut out um, the PowerPoint presentation segment that they were going to have.
0: Oh, I guess I didn't even know about that.
1: It was, they were going to do some, you know with the cruiserweights there, the PowerPoint presentation. So that's, you know, the cruiserweights are getting enough attention here on this show. Um, probably cut back a little bit on some of the packaging, the promo packaging. But I, I do have a lot going on on my pre-show as well. But I am going to keep Banks and Foxy on the pre-show. But, as, but I like to start talking about the, sh- the pre-show because I've got something for that match that I think is going to up the ante to get the crowd a little more excited.
0: Well, let's talk about everything other than the match because that's actually the match I have going first on the card. So okay. you have it as the pre-show match. I have it as the first match on the card. Regardless, doesn't change anything. Okay. As far as the pre-show goes, I'm going to have Kurt Angle come out and start this thing off. Very much like when Vince McMahon introduced the Attitude Era. Just Kurt Angle on camera being like, okay guys, here's what's going on for tonight. We've had a shakeup. There's some guys backstage that are sick. I'm sure that you've seen what's going on in social media. So here's what we're going to do to make this a memorable TLC show. Not only for the fans here in Minneapolis, but also you watching along at home. We're gonna add some stipulations to these matches. Now, when Rick and I were talking before the show, we actually both put the same stipulations on all of these matches.
1: Essentially, we, we had a little a little difference there. Okay, so but do you want to run through your whole pre-show, and I'll give you my open here. How do you want to? Do Why that? don't
0: you go ahead, and uh, then I'll chime in when you're done.
1: Okay, so you're going to open up with with Kirk coming out. He's going to come out and lay out. here. Here's what's happened. Here's what we got going on. But, you know, we're, we're, we've we improved the show for you, and we're going to do it a little more. We're going to up to Andy. That's pretty much the direction you're going in, correct? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to open. I'm open with a brief video package highlighting the shield, but then that comes to a screeching halt, almost like the film just kind of burns and rips.
0: Dolph Ziggler's entrance music.
1: Yeah, you know, you love that. You'll probably pop huge. <laughs> So that we cut to we cut to inserts of the breaking news that we've seen over these last 24 hours. You know the things that we've seen reported by the major outlets like ESPN. So in some of the major dirt sheets. Um, and we get some voiceovers there about what's going on. Then we get this really awesome promo package highlighting the Olympic hero and the Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. That's gonna be kind of that's like your cold open. Cut the arena. I'm just assuming and I'm hoping that the crowd is in a frenzy after, you know, getting kind of that chills that Kirk's finally back. It's going to happen for them live. They're going crazy. We're not hearing anything yet. And then what? We cut to, we're cut we out there in the arena. The crowd's going crazy. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you get style and grace. I'm never going to be done. Lean on in. Welcome to the Queen. Stephanie McMahon's in the arena. Oh, my God. Stephanie's back. It's Stephanie McMahon. She's going to the ring. She comes out and pretty much says, Kurt is in the role of a superstar tonight. This show needs leadership, and she's back to take charge. She says she plans on meeting with talent over the course of the next hour to lurk them of a few changes she has in mind. But not to leave everybody in the dark totally right now, she's going make a little announcement that the pre-show match, Sasha Banks versus Lisa Fox, is now going to be a submission match.
0: Does Alicia Fox know a submission?
1: That plays into what I got going on. Okay.
0: Okay. We'll go with it.
1: So what else you got going on in your pre-show?
0: I'm absolutely sold on your pre-show. I think my pre-show sucks.
1: Well, don't you have anything else going on in there?
0: Well, I was going to have Angle making the announcements of the stipulations for the matches... And then have the pre-show panel discussing what's going to be coming up on the show.
1: Yeah, so I'm hoping that maybe there are some viewers out there that get on the phone like, hey, there's there's something going on, or it makes you watch through that whole pre-show.
0: Yeah, your pre-show sold me, man. Your pre-show is better than mine. I would just, what I was going to do on the pre-show, I would change from Kurt Angle making the announcement to Stephanie McMahon.
1: Well, and then what I've got with her is throughout that hour... Like, I've got her going backstage to meet with Bliss and James. It's fantastic. It's great. She brings up up that Bliss has has put James through so much shit that tonight James is going to be given a chance to to return the favor and puts him in a tables match.
0: Which is also an homage to Alexa Bliss, whose specialty is a tables match, if you remember correctly. She won her first women's championship at TLC in a tables match against Becky Lynch.
1: I, I also think... It would be kind of funny there. I, I have Stephanie playing a lot of the baby this evening. She's coming back. She's having a little fun. And I think here would be a really nice snub on Bliss, and I think it would be a great interaction that Stephanie reminds Alexa that, that Stephanie herself is 41 years old.
0: Ooh, that's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then I got her meeting with Kalisto and Enzo. Uh, it, you know, Kalisto's been fighting since day one. You know, despite all the odds, he continues to climb his w- his way upward. And then Enzo thinks he's above everybody. Tonight he's going to have to prove it. So they get a ladder match.
0: I as well had this going and becoming a ladder match. I'm with you 100. percent.
1: And then I think we, in our brief conversation, we don't know everything we got here. But I think you might be different here with the cruiserweights. I was just gonna have a real quick conversation. That, you know, comes down to it. This has been a very personal feud between these four. And everyone knows that the cruisers can fly, but tonight one team's going to be able to ground the other. And what better way to do that than to beat somebody down with a, a steel, a cold, hard steel chair.
0: I didn't have this being a chairs match, but I had a table match. I had a ladder match. It's only fitting that we have a stair match. Might as well insert it here.
1: And then with, then when Emma comes in and tries to get snooty with Steph, Stephanie kind of, you know, kind of just blows her off and says, you know, Emma... You already have your hands full tonight. You, you know, Oscar doesn't need any. You don't. You don't need anything to help you, or Oscar doesn't need anything to take care of you. You just worry about the empress looking across at you.
0: I, however, would have Stephanie turn this into a last woman standing match.
1: I like that. I like. I could be persuaded there. I'm. I'm interested to, to you know to see where you're going with this when we when we get to that match on the main card. Um, I only had two other kind of notes on the pre-show. I've got a kind of an awkward moment, maybe a passing, just a passing in the hallway, some kind of awkward moment. I, I would kind of let the guys figure out what they would feel comfortable with. But that's between Kane and Angle. We've got a Kane confronts Angle. or like Somehow there's an awkward moment between those two on this pre-show.
0: I do have one more stipulation that gets added to this match.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Or to the card. The Balor versus Styles match. When Stephanie meets with them, Stephanie announces that this is now going to be a number one contenders match. Whoever wins this match is now the number one contender for their show's respective title.
1: I love it. I could. I would love to see her add that. And what I've got, and I really want them to also press. I, I won't know if I would have Stephanie actually confront them. Maybe she just makes that announcement. Maybe she could make that in her initial announcement. Man, that would get a huge pop. That would right get off a the huge the pop. Show. Absolutely. Because I've, I've got the pre-show panel driving home the fact that AJ is on an 18-and-a-half-hour flight to get to this show.
0: Yeah, we actually looked up that information last night.
1: And I would have them sell as a matter of fact, he's not even here yet. He hasn't even arrived at the arena And I would save that for that closing, that fade-out moment for the pre-show that AJ is walking into the arena. AJ's
0: in the building.
1: Yes. And now we're going to roll. We're going to kick it over to TLC, baby.
0: Well, let's jump into Banks versus Fox, then. I would bring Sasha out first. I think Sasha is is very good for that first match pop.
1: The people love her. She's going to get them moving.
0: I don't have a whole lot as far as the creative goes for this match, simply because... As I said on the last show, I'm giving them a pass on the creative because they thought this was going to be a pre-show match. However, as a testament to these two girls, I think they deserve better than the pre-show, especially under the circumstances. I would put them on the main card, and I'd probably give them six to eight minutes. We're going to need to eat as much time on this show as we possibly can before we get to the TLC itself.
1: Now see, I've, I, got, I left them on the pre-show, and I put them in a submission match. The reason I did that is Banks is obviously going to go over in this one. Um, I, I'd probably give him around that four or five minute mark. Banks goes over. I'm using, I'm using the, the stipulation to put over the more over talent. But going forward, you know, I think it could add some serious fuel to sexy, crazy Foxy. You know, Banks celebrates up the ramp. She's won her match. Fox can just go throw that temper tantrum at ringside. And she's got some – you know, some fuel going forward because she was put into a situation where it was all stacked against her. Banks is a submission specialist of sorts.
0: I'm going to use this opportunity. I'm going to go with your theory. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the submission match here. Okay. Okay. And cause I do like the creative of the deck being completely stacked against Fox. And that's what pushed her, pushes her over the edge here. Banks wins the match. Foxy freaks out after the match. Cause to me, this is the important part of the match. Bailey comes out to make the save. Bailey makes the save. Foxy retreats, and you get some tension building between Sasha and Bailey because Sasha didn't need her goddamn help.
1: Oh, so in the freakout, instead of just throwing her pouting by herself, she's actually on that physical attack again. Exactly. Okay. Okay.
0: She, Foxy has went from crazy to. Now I'm pissed off and I'm going to whip your ass. And Bailey comes out to make the save.
1: She went from crazy valley girl to straight ghetto bitch.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay. And then you start building a little bit of tension between Sasha and Bailey. I know WWE is not sold on this program at this point. Unfortunately, I think that Sasha and Bailey need each other at this point especially with Asuka coming in, it's going to be a mid-card women's feud to begin with because Asuka's going to be involved in the main event. If these two girls are going to get over, they need to reenact that match from TakeOver New York.
1: And they're, you know, just how well they work together and know one another, they're going to get the absolute best out of each other.
0: Even if you don't turn Sasha, you could do it baby versus baby and just have Sasha be like, you know what? We're cool, but I'm going to whip your ass because I'm sick of you to the point where she's just annoyed with Bailey. Because we're all annoyed
1: with Bailey at this point, aren't we? Well, you know, you can even tell, you know, they they've tried to find places for everyone else, you know, for so many people, Bailey's been very distant lately. Very distant. She's a side thought. Yes.
0: And and she's better than that. She's absolutely a better character than that. And she's much better in the ring than that.
1: I'm feeling it, man. I, I like it.
0: Anything else on this match that you wanted to touch on?
1: No. Uh, to me, it was in either case. If it's on the main or the pre-show, I wanted to get a nice little, you know, a nice little, nice little pop. And you know, in either case, we've we've got some tension going. We have got some interest, and that's what we want. That slow, we want that slow burn to get people going here. What
0: do you have as your first match on the main card? Then?
1: Uh, do you want to just go real quick how we'd run in the order here? And then we'll just randomly start talking? or
0: Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay.
1: So I, I, w- I would have, obviously we had Banks and, and Fox on my pre-show. I was going to open up with uh, James and Bliss in a tables match. My second match was going to be the cruiserweight tag team match, and that's a chairs match. Third match I was going to go with Styles and Baylor. Fourth I was going to go Kalisto and Enzo. Then I was going to go fifth, Asuka and Emma and then close out with my TLC match.
0: I built my show very much like a Japanese card, where I backload the back half. So I started off my show with Banks and Fox. Then I had the Cruiserweight tag match, Kalisto and Enzo, Bliss and James, Asuka, Emma, Balor, Styles, TLC. TLC.
1: Very much like. That is a Japanese card.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) very much a Japanese card. Put the title matches at the end, you know?
1: Yep. Um, Okay, which which one do you want to talk about first, though? Let's start breaking them down.
0: Let's see. So, the first match on the main show you had was Bliss and James. So, I assume you have Alexa entering first. Like, who are you going for that big opening pop of the main card? Is it going to be Bliss or James?
1: I actually, I was going to have Mickey come out in more of the hardcore country gimmick instead of the happy-go-lucky, skipping down, let's wave at everybody sort of gimmick.
0: I guess my question is, do you think that's going to pop the crowd?
1: Probably not. I will be 100% honest with you when I was going through this and laid that there. I didn't think about it, but I would probably have Bliss start this thing out as much as you hate a champ coming first. <sighs> she, has, she has the more pull power. She's going to get people up on their feet.
0: Well, this is why I opened with Banks and Fox and pushed it to the main card, was for that okay. Banks pop.
1: All right, Dick, you got me on that logic. But all right, I'm going to defy what, what we usually go with, and I am going to send my champion out first to get my crowd going.
0: All right. Remember, this is a tables match.
1: I went round and round on this one, man. Why don't you start here? Kick it off for me. This is one of those where I'm still like on the fence about it.
0: I have Mickey becoming the new women's champion. And this is why. I think Asuka versus Mickey at this point is going to be a better match than Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. I think you save Alexa and Asuka for later on down the road. I think with Asuka just coming in, if you're going to do a transitional champion, I think Mickey James is as good as anybody. Because the Mickey and Asuka match is
1: fantastic. We've seen it. That's what I actually had down here. And as and it, and I kept looking at it, I kept looking at it, and I just think about all that heat on Bliss. And I guess she could go off and she can do some other things right now. And I guess I will stick with, with what my gut was telling me. Let's have that great moment. Let's kick this you know this would be my first match but you know let's get that early going early in the show let's have that title change take place let's let's give it to mickey let's give her that shining moment she'll be a fantastic transitional champ and if you wanted to do her and oscar at survivor series you know that's isn't that the one year of when when they hooked up at the uh yep exactly takeover exactly so you got all you got that history to play off of
0: and now Mickey is the champ and Asuka is chasing, whereas before Oscar was the champ and Mickey was the one chasing.
1: And, and you always have an out in a gimmick match, such as a tables, because there's that, Wait, you know, you just got me through a table.
0: Yep. I would have Alexa run her mouth backstage <clears> on <throat> the pre-show. This is my signature match. This is how I won the title to begin with and have her put over that she is just, I know how to win a tables match. And then have Mickey Beater Starts the crowd off good. Everybody's feeling good. I mean, and I think if there was an intention of doing heels over strong at this show, I think that has changed now. I think you got to go babies up at this show now. Do you agree with
1: that? Yeah, I would say for the most part. I, I, I'm going to stick with my origin, with my gut here. I, this was the only match that I just went round and round and round about. But I will go with Mickey. We got a new Raw Women's Champ. We got a really good feel-good moment.
0: From there, we move on to the Cruiserweight tag match. I had this as my second match on the main card. You as As well have it as the second match on your main card. It's a come-down match a little bit. I think this is the match that probably most people are not nearly as emotionally invested in as anything else on this card.
1: You agree with that? Oh, I I agree wholeheartedly, but... But I do want to throw in, you know, the video package they've been playing with this for the last week or so. It's been it's been very well done. I, it's been very well done. You pay attention to it. You you start kind of perking up. Like, hey, should I be paying attention to what's what's going on with these guys?
0: I'm going to go with our friend Mary Helen and Clark. And I'm going to say that you use Alexander as the feature in this match. I think the biggest thing in this match is the cruiserweights are being being given this opportunity. They really need to seize this opportunity. They need to engage this crowd and get this crowd into this match. How do you have them doing it?
1: I actually got uh, Kendrick and Gallagher going over in this thing, but it's by some shenanigans. And I actually this is probably like one of the, like those old, like Bruce Pritchard b- booking stories from the '80s. I was actually watching Batman last night. And this was inspired from the Penguin. I was going to use a spray from the umbrella to the eyes to to allow pinfall.
0: Tremendous. Now, you have this as a chairs match, correct? Yes. Do you have the
1: chairs really coming in? The chairs will come into play. You know, they'll just be used in unique spots. You got some guys that can pull off some incredible maneuvers. It's going to be pretty hard hitting, but then we're kind of – Throws it off how the villains get out of here as they resort to using another object that the heroes didn't see coming. And, you know, then they, they scramble, get the hell out of Dodge.
0: As far as a junior heavyweight, cruiserweight, whatever you want to call it, match goes, I think this is a very odd pairing. I mean, when I think of Alexander and Rich Swan, I think of that high flying style. Mm -hmm. And then when I think of Kendrick and Gallagher, they're more brawlers. I mean, Kendrick at one time, I guess you could have considered a high flyer, but I haven't seen much out of him as far as that goes since he came back in the Cruiserweight Classic, unless I'm
1: totally missing something. Even with with all the wear and tear that he's had over the years, He's had to adjust his style. He wrestles a smarter style, and now. he's
0: done a great job of adapting his style. I love his style now.
1: Oh, he's great! You know, he can slow it down. He knows how to work the crowd. I'm not sure I'm sold
0: on Heel Gentleman Jack either.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not really feeling it. I don't know if it's that he's wrestling in that suit. I, it still is. I just—it's very adapt awkward. That. Yes.
0: Yeah, I could see this getting physical. I, I think. Alexander and Swan both are going to have to come up with some something that will just make the crowd go, holy shit, even if it's a suicide dive chair shot to the head.
1: Well, see, what it, and how I would kind of envision these guys is your high flyers are probably going to incorporate the chairs into their maneuvers, where Kendrick and Gallagher are just going to use them flat out as...
0: As as weapons. weapons.
1: Right. I really like
0: Cedric Alexander. I just wish that he would do something that would get people to invest in him.
1: Yeah, work on that character work.
0: You put the heels over. I put the babies up once again because this show is kind of depressing coming into it. And I want people to have a very positive outlook coming out of this show. Let's see. Where did you go from there? Oh, you went to Balor and Styles. Yeah,
1: I got. I'm going with my co-main event in the middle of the show here, uh, but I know we're not going to discuss that. We're going to kick that on the back end. So let's go to let's, go to let's go to Calisto and Enzo next. Okay, uh, we both had this as a ladder match, correct? Yep,
0: we both had this as a ladder match. I think this is basically going to be Calisto beating the ever-loving hell out of Enzo Amore, and then Enzo going over in the end
1: i have enzo going over as well what i have here are my notes for this you know during the match let calisto just showcase all that athleticism by by using the ladder for for leverage now we've seen him in the positions before and he's pulled off just some you know just he's pulled
0: off some amazing stuff in that money in the bank match that he was in
1: you know it just doesn't wow the crowd it just leaves him in ah he's done some some incredible work there and on on the other end Man, I, I think we should get this going as like a movement, man. It's just, it's a bump, Enzo bump. That's what he does best. Yeah. Let him go out there and just get his ass kicked for the entire match. You know, I let him get his dirty shots in, you know, but, but you can tell that he is just so far outclassed in this thing. But then I see at the end some, there's some sort of low blow that allows Enzo to get up there and steal that win. And the reason I want to see go back to that low blow, man, I want to start selling Enzo as this is the ultimate scumbag lowlife type of guy. I mean, he's so dirty. I mean, he'll, he'll castrate you just to get ahead.
0: I actually have this match with some outside interference because there's no DQ in a ladder match.
1: Ooh. Our first, uh, our first little uh, shenanigans of the evening. The
0: first shenanigans of the evening, James Ellsworth climbs the ladder, grabs a hold of the cruiserweight title, throws it down to Enzo, Enzo is your new cruiserweight champion, just like Money in the Bank.
1: Oh, shit. I, I, am, in, I am interested to see where... So where, where do we go forward with this? What's their connection going forward? I,
0: I move Ellsworth to 205 Live because it's filmed directly after SmackDown. You can still keep him with Carmella as his or her little bitch. And he's also now Enzo's little bitch, and you can stick Carmella... Back with Enzo. Now you have two heat magnets.
1: And you have, you, you build a little story going forward when uh, a certain big guy reemerges.
0: With a little bit of overlap between 205 Live and SmackDown, which for the life of me, I don't understand why they don't do anyway.
1: So how would you, how would you play that when Big Cass comes back?
0: Well, there's nothing that says Big Cass has to come back on Raw. That's what I'm saying. You could very easily easily re-debut Big Cass on SmackDown and just have him say, hey, my contract expired while I was sitting at home. Daniel Bryan gave me a call. Absolutely. I would put all three of them back together because Cass needs a mouthpiece. I've been an advocate. I originally wanted Carmella to cash in at SummerSlam and make the move to the red brand to be with Cass.
1: Now, could you, would you put any reality play in there where Cass might be questioning, like, uh, hey, you know, that's, that's my girl. And she's been running around with uh, your little scumbag ass. Absolutely.
0: I, I Just because they're both heels don't mean they have to be together. Don't mean they have to like each other.
1: Okay. I, I can could, I could, I could feel that, man. And then you I, got I,
0: Ellsworth, the pet dog.
1: I do think though, when it, when people saw Ellsworth run into this match, oh, would they would lose those, their fucking
0: minds, wouldn't they?
1: Oh, they they would shit themselves, and I don't. I think it would be one of those things that immediately, the interweb would be exploding.
0: It would immediately explode.
1: They'd be calling for your head. You know, you're a moron. <laughs> but, it, but when you let it like, but sink, we're trending you know, on it, Twitter. Yeah, when it, when it simmers down a little bit. Maybe it starts to make sense to people, because you've you got some foresight. You're planning ahead here.
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, Cass isn't going to be back for a while, guys.
1: Cass is out for a while. And we got something to look forward to when he comes back, and you've already got a story written in place for him, so it's not like, oh, he's back next week? Let's find something.
0: And now not only does Carmella have the money in the bank, not only does she have James Ellsworth, she also has Enzo.
1: Does Enzo drag Ellsworth around on the collar?
0: I'd pay 999 yen for that. Moving on. All right, we did Bliss and Mickey James. So what do we got left here? We've got Oscar, Emma, Balor, Styles, TLC. Right? Am I missing yep. anything?
1: Yep, that's it, man. It's a small card.
0: All right. Well, I guess let's jump into Oscar versus Emma. I think, in reality, we both expect this to be a squash match, right?
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people out there do. And I, I guess I'll, I'll take, the, take the ball here first because you've got this as a last woman standing. So you've got a little more at stake here. Where I'm, I'm just keeping it as your standard one fall. Um, but I got Emma out first. She's waiting in the ring. And it's kind of odd because she is all kinds of cocky. She, it doesn't look like she has a worry in the world. Uh, then we have Oscar come out to the grand entrance. You've got to have that grand entrance here.
0: Oh, her, I expect her entrance to be amazing tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we got to get that grand entrance. i got her all the way down to the apron. She's getting ready to step into the ring, and wham! Dana Brooks with a blind side. Picks out her knee. Her and Emma start working over Asuka. There's a, their, their alliance seems to be back intact. There's something going on, at least. They are taking out Asuka. They're working her over. The officials finally get this thing stopped. Can't, the question, can't Asuka even go on? Is this debut, is it ruined? Well, of course, of course Asuka can continue on. She, she gets up. We start the match. Just allows Emma to get a little offense in before Asuka just takes over. Beats the shit out of her. Picks up the win. That's pretty much how I got it going down. You're a motherfucker. You know
0: that? What? So I made this match last woman standing because I was going to have Dana Brooke interfere in the match. (laughs) Son of a bitch, really? For real. For real. I would put Asuka over both Emma and Dana Brooke in this match. And, And that's why I went for the no disqualification stipulation. Rather rather whereas you have Dana jumping Asuka before the match, I have it basically ending up a two on one handicap match with Asuka knocking them both out. Damn, man. Okay. Oh well I think both of us had the same thought that the point here is you gotta put Asuka over really strong. The way that they've built her up, you've gotta put her over huge. How do we do it without it being a squash match?
1: And to me, what I what I think, yeah, instead of having that just come out, kick Emma's head off, we we got to add some kind of element of surprise there. You know, let people know, and and even give you like your casual thinking, like, whoa, whoa, they might do something here. What's what's going on? Yeah. then ultimately, Oscar goes over. You know, she, it's it's the right choice in any scenario. Yep. But then, but then on the backside, you know, you're not completely just tossing tossing Emma to the trash. Now you've you've reunited her with Dana. You also need something to do, and these two have proven that they, they have something special. They're they're a good dynamic.
0: They need, they're really good together. And solo, they both need something.
1: Right. Well, and it just this thought just kind of popped in my head. If we can kick it back, to where you kind of were showing some of those tensions between Banks and Bailey? Well, we could enter into a short term, like
0: Emma and Dana versus Banks and Bailey.
1: Yeah, and then, then when finally Banks and Bailey explode, then you, then you just added another level of cockiness to Dana and Emma because they're like, ooh, look what we did. We just took the world's two best friends and turned those, turned those little bitches on each other.
0: And I think the biggest thing that I'm noticing that both of us are doing in this show is we're creating storylines coming out because we may not have Roman Without Roman, you still got to fill three hours every Monday night.
1: And even if he was here, you know, I'm looking at the show. Unless you got a blow off, an obvious blow off, which you don't really have in any of these matches. Then you better be thinking a few steps ahead.
0: I'm just hoping I'm hoping Vince is looking at this situation and realizing I can't build the entire show around one person. Regardless of who that one person is, I have to build a show, not Roman Reigns.
1: You got it, man. So I think we're both in the same direction here. And, we're, and once again, we're doing something. Even in defeat, we're building up other talents.
0: And giving them something to do. Giving them creative right. behind them. Why you actually care that they're there, that they're on TV. Because as it is right now, Emma comes on my TV, and I hit fast forward.
1: That's, it, you, take, you take a look at her, you take that in, and hit fast forward. If she's got Brooks with her, and they're back up to their old antics, then you're, you're, you're going to be more inclined to pay attention to what they got going on. And, and then, in this entire division, what we've already set up, just a couple matches in, in one show... And Yargo, we've already got multiple stories going on for a division where they usually lump everyone together.
0: Yep. Suddenly you have three women's storylines instead of a women's storyline. And that's just filling more segments on the show that you don't have to force Roman down our throats. And if Roman gets sick, it's not the end of the goddamn world.
1: There you go. It's not that hard, people. It's not that hard.
0: So now let's move into the, the two clusterfuck matches of the night.
1: Let's get to
0: meat and potatoes of this bad boy. Let Let's start with Balor versus Styles. Well, number one, actually, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Which match are you more so looking forward to, Balor versus Styles, or the
1: return of Kurt Angle? I think for the moment, the bigger moment is going to belong to Kurt. That's the bigger moment. Now the match itself, I don't think there's any question you got to go with with Styles and Baylor.
0: How do you think these two guys are putting together this match? Uh, Like you said earlier, we we looked this up last night. It's an 18-and-a-half-hour flight from where AJ is to Minneapolis, Minnesota. We also figured out one of two things is happening. Either Vince is flying A.J. first class, which is about a $10,000 flight, or he sent the private jet down.
1: Or, or, Linda called in a favor to President Trump, and we got Air Force One going down there. Air Force One going to pick up P-1, baby.
0: That's so fantastic. I'd love to hear that call. So what, how do you think they're laying this thing out? Is there, are, are they just on FaceTime talking about, okay, let, let's figure out how we're going to do this? Because like you said, AJ may not get there until right before the show. And then for them to lay out, because I mean, I expect this is going to be the longest match of the night. I expect this to be the match of the night. I think this is going to go at least 25 minutes, a half hour.
1: Man, I, I had a 30 to 32 minutes. I think these guys are such pros that you're, they're gonna have, they are can have some minimal conversation. They can go out there and call this own bitch on the fly. A lot of it. A lot of it. They'll probably work out some spots. Call it on the fly.
0: Well, let's get a little bit into the creative before we talk about the match itself.
1: Well, I do have a question for you before we... Okay, okay, I'll save this, though. All right, let's, let's go creative here. I know where you're heading.
0: Do you go... Number one, do you go with Demon Baller or Fonz Baller?
1: At this point... I know that everything still kind of indicates that they are leaning towards Demon. Personally, I go with Fonz Balor, the, the Demon aspect. At first, when I saw this match, and I kind of thought to myself, this is just asinine to, to put these two out there with very little notice. I mean, this is, this is a WrestleMania caliber match. We're talking about two former leaders of the Bullet Club.
0: ESPN even put that over in their article about it.
1: And and this has be the first time that they've ever met one-on-one, correct?
0: Yeah. These two guys have never wrestled one another. I, I know that seems time. incredible. That I mean, given these two guys' history, the fact that they have never once wrestled in a singles match is insane. You
1: just would have thought somewhere around the world they would have crossed paths. You know, some indie show over in Ireland or... You- Yeah, any number
0: number of places.
1: And that it never happened, you're right.
0: Finn's last night in New Japan was AJ's first night in New Japan. When AJ came over, Finn was in NXT. AJ was straight to the main roster. Finn gets called up, and AJ goes to SmackDown, and Finn's on Raw. They're always, they just miss each other. And now we're going to get this match on two days' notice... At TLC in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this could be a Wrestlemania or a Wrestle Kingdom main event.
1: So at, at least with that, so I've, I've come to terms, I'm going to let that go. We can't change anything about that, but I would want to protect this match or the, protect the possibility of money going forward. Make this a great teaser of really things that could come.
0: Who do you think made this call? I mean, obviously, Vince okayed it, but who came up with this idea?
1: What's mind boggling about this is you know that you, don't, you know, sure as hell, the first words out of Vince's mouth were, "I oh, damn it, Pat, get me AJ. You, you know, he was going, he's going through the old Rolodex. He, get me Batista. give me, me where's where, who? Who's everywhere? Is, what's Cena doing? Can he bail me out again? You know, you know it wasn't AJ that was on his mind.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
1: And especially with him being 18 and a half hours away.
0: Somebody proposed this and Vince went with it. I think that's a testament to number one, whoever had the testicular fortitude to bring up AJ Styles name. And number two, maybe Vince isn't quite as out of touch
1: as people seem to think he is. Now before this, this probably will eventually break. This will probably all come out in the dirt sheets, and we'll eventually find out how this came to be. So I'll throw out a guess. I'm going to guess that they made a phone call to see if a highly respected, a, a gentleman that we all love would come help them out, and he said, "Ah, you know, right now, man, I'm, I don't know if I can come give you what you need, but if I was you, I'd do everything in your power to get A.J. Styles to that building. And I'm going to say right now, I'll go on record, that that phone call was made to one Chris Jericho.
0: He was one of the first ones that came to mind. That was like, how are they doing Styles and not Jericho or Batista? Uh,
1: and I and we even even
0: calling Dwayne and being like, dude, I am literally like bent over a barrel here. If I was ever going to call in a favor, now is the time.
1: That's why I'm going to go with that Jericho said, hey, you know what, man? Call, St- get, Do everything you can to get Styles up there. Because remember when, when Styles came in, you know, Vince was, was kind of weird. You of very well may be
0: right. This might have been a Jericho call.
1: Is he, is he going to do this? And Jericho went to them. He went to management and said, he comes in. He works with me. I'll show you what he's got. I'll show you he is one of your faces of this company. Jericho went to bat for him then. And I, I would bet the farm that it was Jericho again. So we've got it recorded. So when all this comes out.
0: Well, because this is some next level shit. This is, this is some John Cena level shit. This is John Cena learning Chinese just so he can go do a press conference over their shit.
1: Right. And if, if your stock doesn't go skyrocketing up Vince's ass after this, I, I don't know what else you can do to, to impress that man.
0: Yeah, I this is the one of the biggest bailouts I can remember. Do you re- ever remember anything like this ever happening before?
1: Nothing. I nothing without hitting the old Google machine. And I bet you even I bet you even Google would struggle to to come up with anything that that is kind of just shaking an event.
0: I mean, like this. this is this is like Rick Rude showing up on Nitro. The 97 Montreal screw job. Like, to me, this is up there where it's just such a complete clusterfuck that nobody knows what to think.
1: It's, it, 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 like I was saying, you know, it's one of those things, though, where it's in that weird twist and people are excited, their eyes are on the product. Now it's WWE's turn to take that ball and run with it.
0: Outside of the Balor and Styles match itself, I think one of the other things that we got to talk about is where does this leave Bray Wyatt?
1: Man, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of funny that I've used the term a blessing in disguise, but I don't know if it applies anywhere else. Quite like as, it does as, here. As true, As true as it rings here. You know, there was so much potential. You know, for weeks I have been on board behind the Sister Abigail Act. I, I stern firmly in my belief that it should be Bray. My vision for what that was going to unfold as was completely off base for the direction that they went. It was a swing and a miss on their end. This might be one of those things that we can just take a step back. Even if he is healthy enough to come back in a week or so, I might leave him off TV until next year to kind of just let that thing go away.
0: Is, is now the time to kind of hit the reset button on Bray Wyatt a
1: little bit? I would take it into serious consideration. I think there should be some, some long nights of sit-down meetings and running through about every scenario that they can to figure out how they can get that train back on the tracks.
0: First thing I'm doing is the second that Bray Wyatt is medically cleared – I'm going to say, Matt Hardy, get on a plane, take this camera, go meet Bray Wyatt. And we'll see you in three months. Come back with a bunch of video footage. We'll go from there.
1: Bring me gold. Yep. Cause, hey, cause Hardy Especially while time. Jeff's out. I was going to say, Hardy's got all the time in the world right now.
0: Especially while Jeff's out. Might as well. I mean, If you're not going to do the Woken Matt Hardy thing immediately, then make Matt a producer of this Wyatt thing and just go with it. Do something you, you, cool. You,
1: you, I'm starting to really dig your idea there. You could take, you could have Matt show up with that video in somewhat of his broken actor, his awoken or whatever, however angle you want to go with it. And you start playing off that the reason that this festering came out in Bray is because he was he was becoming too acceptant of Abigail taking over and now it's Hardy. Who's here to save him.
0: Oh my God. Could you imagine putting those two guys together and just let, let each one of them just go with the other guy's character. Right. Oh man. It could be money.
1: And just, and, and just let them run with it together.
0: Yeah. Don't even air it on TV. Just let them film it and then cut it all together and save it for a WrestleMania package.
1: Yeah, whenever, whenever the hell you feel is best. Yep. And I probably, I would think maybe that's the best time to re-debut that.
0: Yep. If you've got eight weeks worth of TV, okay, we'll debut debut it eight weeks before WrestleMania, whatever that is.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking maybe if you could find some kind of grand spot to slide in around Rumble or something like that, or I haven't looked exactly what those dates are and the times. Yeah, out of I'm not them. sure. Off but the you top find of my it, head. you find that right, you find that right time, but. Just to get those two together where
0: and just let you know, him
1: go, dre has been down this his own path where you know that he's letting this demon this entity control him from inside, and now now Hardy's here to save him to 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 evolve him into another vision or whatever they could come up in their minds It's way better than we could do, and I think that would that would be the ultimate route that these creative members for wwe should go this is one of those things like guys here's the direction that point the direction if we want you guys to go that way now go over that way and come back when you got it fucking figured out
0: so let's go back to balor and styles here we know espn brought up the bullet club aspect of this story that's not really existent but we're trying to manipulate in our minds going into this match knowing who both of these guys are in their history Do you think that we see Gallows and Anderson in any way involved in the match?
1: I leave all that out of this. I leave every bit of it out.
0: I do expect at some point we are going to see Gallows and Anderson along with Styles backstage and have Styles instruct Gallows and Anderson tonight. It's me and Finn. You guys stay out of it. I I really do expect that kind of a moment. Now, you could do a couple of things here. This could be an opportunity to turn Balor heel and put him with Gallows and Anderson. Have AJ tell Gallows and Anderson, no, this is just between me and Finn. Gallows and Anderson come out. AJ's like, what the hell? I told you guys because the last time we saw AJ, Gallows, and Anderson all together, they were all together. Balor turns heel, takes out Styles. And you have your club together. You could do that.
1: See, to me, to me, I am on the, I'm on the other side of the coin here from you here. I, I, don't, wanna, I don't want anything. I don't want to touch anything going forward with this match. This is a special attraction match. I want this to be about the moment. I want it to be about two incredible performers going out there, two of the most popular guys in the in WWE at this moment, I, want to, I don't want any distractions. I don't want to overbook this thing. I want 30 minutes of pure wrestling. I'm completely save, with you. Save everything. Save all that for a potential story down the road. And the problem I would have if they go with that direction of turning someone or having any sort of interference, then that indicates that, that you, need, you need to start a program right away. Just let this thing go right here. Let, let it sit in our memory for a year. And then maybe revisit.
0: I'm afraid that regardless of the outcome of this match, that we're going to get a rematch at Survivor Series.
1: I, I, ho- I, I hope not. I, I, but I think that we'll probably get some sort, um, maybe where they each lead Team Red against Team Blue. Oh, I could see that too. Yeah. Now you got to remember, because we did have a tease before, You know, I know Styles is kind of tied up a little bit where he went out and challenged Dinder, but... He was the one that said he would stand by Shane at one point. It seems like they might have just dropped that altogether, but it is out there.
0: I will say this. If Balor comes out as the demon tomorrow, number one, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he should. I think it should be Fonz Balor because I think the demon is something that should be saved for something much more personal. If he comes out as the demon, I think Balor has to win.
1: He has no beef with Styles. I mean, why, right, why exactly. did conjure the demon? Exactly. That's the way WWE's presented it. It's not something that he just puts the paint on and go. You know, it's coming out as a demon tomorrow, That's, that devalues that entire aspect of his character.
0: I think we do see the demon tomorrow, though. I really do.
1: Oh, and you know, honestly, when we're sitting here, I know we, the point of these shows, we try not to talk about what we think right now. But in all honesty, I think we're going to see the demon. We're probably going to see that pumpkin face demon. Yep. And they're probably going to, and they're probably going to get Gallison and Anderson involved because they're going to have to pander to get these pops out of everyone in the damn crowd wearing a Bullet Club shirt.
0: Here comes Pumpkin King Finn Balor. Boys and girls of every age, would you like to see something strange? we we'll this is part This is part of me! Fighting scream in the day of night. This is part Everybody make a or treat! Check I'll die Everybody scream! This time I'm the one I'm a warrior, i and I'm, and I'm red! These white snakes, those tartles in my hair This is Halloween, this is Halloween. 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 Halloween, 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 Halloween In this town, we call home Everyone held your own peace song In this town, don't we love it
1: now, everyone they're probably going to go in that direction and we're going to hear how great it is and when we record next week, uh probably each of us will be beating our heads against our computer screens asking why the fuck they did this because they just pissed away once again tons and tons of money.
0: And and let's be clear, this is tons and tons of money. I they use the term dream match and throw it around very very loosely like Here's a dream match for Jinder Mahal. No, Jinder Mahal doesn't have a dream match. There is no dream match with Jinder Mahal. AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. AJ Styles versus Prince Devitt. However you want to book it. That is a dream match.
1: So in the end, what's what's your outcome? What's your finish? How would you go with it?
0: I'm going to put Styles over. And this is why I'm going to put Styles over. Number one, it makes him the number one contender for Jinder Mahal's championship, per the stipulation that Stephanie McMahon put into place earlier in the show. And typically, when something like this does come up, when they have to bring in a special attraction like that, they put the special attraction over. That's just typically how WWE works. However, if you get Demon Balor, my money then immediately changes to Finn Balor. Because as I've said a million times, once you beat the demon, you can't unbeat the demon. And there's way more money in Balor remaining undefeated as the demon. We saw that in NXT.
1: Especially since we've only seen him, what, twice in WWE? Yep. Yep. Now, see, I didn't have the number one contender stipulation in mind. And there was a there was a reason, there was a method to my madness of why we we're going to constantly hear this was an 18 and a half hour flight, because this thing's going to go over 30 minutes, and AJ's going to give it us all. He's going to give us a hell of a show, but that it's going to wear on him. That jet lag's going to wear on him. And I have I have Balor going over in this match, and nothing more than an amazing exhibition match. You know, I I would tell, I would tell these guys to go out there and shoot for match of the year.
0: My biggest fear in this match is simply because it's AJ Styles and Finn Balor, we are expecting a potential match of the year. And I hope they can live up to it, especially under the circumstances. I really hope they can live up to it because I'm afraid that these guys go out and they put on a four and a half star match and people are going to feel bad about it. Because of, because of the expectation they've built up in their minds of what this
1: match should be. And here's another problem with giving this away, like giving this match away on such short notice. You know, now it's going to be all about these fans are going to want high spots, you know, their near falls. It's going to be all about the things, you know, that, that you hear, you know, that, that, that I'll bitch about quite often. But I mean, this had a proper build you could pull back a little to the match because you got people emotionally invested in some sort of story between these guys. Thankfully it naturally does have some bit of a story, you know, in our minds because with the ties that they've had to different associations, it's just to me, this, the more and more I think about this is the wrong time, but, it, and I hope it lives up to, you know, just the hype from bell to bell.
0: If you weren't going to do Balor versus styles here, what match would you have suggested is there a match that you could see them just throwing together in place of Wyatt versus Balor here and have it make sense
1: I I would be curious to the extent of Kevin Owens emergency is it something that could be that could be resolved for
0: those who haven't heard, Kevin Owens evidently has also left the road. It is completely unrelated to the illness breakout backstage. It's an unavoidable family situation that he is tending to.
1: So, and that, that would be something just to explore. If you want, you know, just now that you know it's AJ, fans aren't going to go back on it. But if it was announced as somebody like Hardy, I think that would have been some in, intrigued to some people. There's, there's a lot of people. You know, sitting around right now that, that aren't on the show, that aren't included on your, on your male roster. And what, make, and what makes it so difficult is that you do have, you know, you've got the other half of your, your other brand is in another hemisphere.
0: So shortly before we started recording here, we found out that Hunter was going down to South America to replace Baller um, and Owens on the tour down there. Uh, you could have put Hunter into this spot. You could have done Hunter and Balor. I would have been down to see that. You could have put Hunter into the main event, into the TLC instead of Kurt. I would have been fine with that. It would have been a babyface turn for Hunter if you would have put him in there, but that's fine. I think Hunter should be a babyface anyway. But Hunter and Balor, I mean, they worked the house show circuit together here a year ago.
1: Well, I think that would be an odd-looking pairing, on screen and all that. But they have worked together, and Hunter Hunter is is good enough in the ring. He would have known how to you know scale himself back a little bit to make the much smaller and contrasting style Baylor just look incredible.
0: There's a a pretty awesome image out there of Hunter holding up a two-sweet to Finn. And Finn making the gun and pointing it at Hunter.
1: I, I wonder a lot of that why... I don't know. Maybe it was like... Maybe they pulled AJ and then they were like, shit, we just screwed our international tour. Or was it maybe that you know Hunter said, I, man, I don't want to go back on the camera. I'll go do the house show. I don't know. I don't know. That, see, coming out of this, that's going to be one of the most intriguing things to me is how this entire thing unfolded.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't imagine... The scramble to write not only this show, but then to turn around and write a three-hour raw. I mean, these Which guys are decision. writing seven hours worth of fucking content. It was just the decisions of who's
1: going to go where and how we're going to do oh, this. Oh, man. And, and I just wish, you know, they're, they're shuffling the deck here to, to really just go overboard to please everybody. I mean, I wish we could get this to at least, you know, just, just give it to me 32 weeks out of the year.
0: Yeah, they're putting so much effort into this show. This
1: weekend, you know, you would think like
0: everything weighs on this weekend. I mean, because not only is it an 18 and a half hour flight to get AJ to Minneapolis, to get Hunter from Connecticut to Argentina, I assume that's an 18 and a half hour, $10,000 flight. I mean, Vincent's only got so many fucking jets. We might have to get the Air Force and Air Force One involved in this damn thing. Just to get everybody on a fucking show. Christ, man, I can't imagine what's going on backstage right now. Holy shit. Let alone Vince McMahon. Because anybody who's heard anything about Vince, the last thing you do is call in to work sick. Let alone to have two of your biggest stars. God damn.
1: Terrible, terrible timing.
0: Well, let's move on to the main event the TLC match itself. Let's talk a little bit about Kurt Angle before we get into the match. Kurt Angle being put into this match in place of Roman Reigns. 48-year-old had his neck broke four to five times, Kurt Angle. When I first heard about this, I thought, well, at least it's a tag match. It won't be that, at least they can protect Kurt. You know, most of it will be Seth and Dean, and Kurt will be on the outside, and Oh, shit. This is TLC.
1: I was going to say, but, uh oh, hold on there, Yargo. There ain't no protecting anyone in this match. Well, very much. I mean, he can take a lot of rest spots, but.
0: Man, oh, man. over
1: on that apron.
0: What in the hell are they going to do here?
1: I expect to see a lot of downtime for Kurt. Spend a lot of time resting.
0: I mean, Kurt hasn't been in the ring in, what, three years? Is that right?
1: Somewhere, somewhere in the ballpark there. Oh, and w- we know Kurt keeps here. himself
0: in great shape, but there's a hell of a difference between great shape and in-ring cardio.
1: Well, then there's even a difference between you know going out and working on a load, a mid-card, five to seven minute, and then going out here and entering
0: the main event comp- of the comp- WWE pay-per-view.
1: It's just not the main event. I mean, we're talking. TLC, I and mean, this is a pretty intense gimmick match. My
0: biggest fear is we're going to have 48-year-old broken neck four or five times Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle is going to think he's still 25-year-old Kurt Angle that can go out there and just do these insane, crazy fucking spots. And I, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat for this one, man, just hoping that nobody gets seriously hurt.
1: I, I'm thinking they're going to protect him in it. I, I am fully expecting to see a big spot. You know, I'm just right now, I'm envisioning, you know, his uh, moonsault. I mean, that's going to be a big spot for him. I, I know he's going to go for that. It's just going to be a spot or two. I think he's going to see a lot of rest time. You're going to see Ambrose and Rollins really carry the workload here. Then what, what kind of was curious to me is did they rush him through a physical? Because I've always understood, you know, these things take a little time because you always hear, oh, they're waiting on the results for the physical. So has this been a rush job or has this always been in the cards where, you know, he's had his physical in the books and it was in the back of their mind or they were planning on eventually, you know, getting him ready and gearing him up for a program for that WrestleMania run? And now they're just pulling the trigger early.
0: I think we've all firmly believed that at some point this was going to result in Kurt returning to the ring. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he passed his physical before they put him on television.
1: So they always knew at some point, you know, this is where we're heading here.
0: But I can't and believe t- that Kurt Angle can pass a physical. I just can't. I can't hardly believe that. I know he's in impeccable shape, but just they won't let Daniel Bryan wrestle. But we're going to throw Kurt Angle in here on 48 hours notice.
1: That, that was kind of funny with the uh, all the superstars and. You know, friends and all that of his giving their, you know, they're sharing their their thoughts on Twitter, and Daniel Bryan's just interesting. You, you think he's? I a I, I think Brian. I
0: think Brian's fucking livid. I think Brian's fucking
1: livid. Do you think this is kind of like the uh, the last nail in the coffin? Hey, man. Well, I mean, what
0: more can Brian do to get fired? I mean, Brian has done everything he can possibly do to get fired, and they just won't fire him.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just, you know, just counting the clock down until next summer or early fall, whenever it is, when his contract expires. September.
0: It's in September. Then there's also the aspect, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't just call Shane.
1: true uh but then again you know they might want to keep selling that program he's got going on you know he's got his ass kicked he's been on well television. yeah but they
0: they also said that he's going to be back on television tuesday
1: well that might that doesn't mean he's necessarily ready to go to freaking war in a tlc match i mean the guy just freaking leaped off of a fucking hell in a cell
0: uh the logical ones that immediately you and i discussed were cena they didn't call cena
1: well, we don't know. He's well, we don't know. That,
0: that's very, very true.
1: You know, I, tried, I tried tracking him down. Uh, as far as I know, been, he's filming he Transformers, right? Uh, yeah, but you know, he hasn't been active, very active on his social media as of late. So I just assume you know he's busy there. And Hey, when they got you on that contract, they don't, they're not sending him off to go do this shit.
0: What about Dwayne?
1: I think it's the same thing. He's got other things going. He, he isn't going to come in and work a match like this. Man.
0: They're really running out of legends. Moment. They're running out of legends to put into a spot like this.
1: And you have Kurt sitting there. This is, this is going to be a huge moment. It's a shame that it's, it's something that comes you know, unadvertised like this without a build, but this is going to be a big moment for him.
0: What does this it, do to the future of Kurt Angle as the Raw General Manager? Do you expect that, Stephanie back on TV Monday? I do.
1: I would as well. You know, it's probably going to be eventually at some point, you know, in my, in my booking here where I have her. Obviously, would, yeah, have you her, have her on
0: the show. But. I would have
1: her come back. And it's going to start, you know, it's going to turn into, now, Kirk, do you want to be a superstar? Or do you want to be an authority figure? You know, she's got to come back. I have, her, I have her being a little bit of the baby here, having fun. She's having fun on the show to get things going. But then the next night, it would be back to business for her. I, I mean, just she, had a thought. He is the boss.
0: I just had a thought. What are the odds that Jason Jordan gets put into
1: this match? I thought about it, and the way, I, the way I have this thing booked, I am treating it a lot like I did Styles and Baylor. This has become a novelty match for the show. It's more about the moment then a lot of things moving forward, and I, I do not want to finagle this thing with the storyline of his son and all that. I,
0: I think it Samuel has Gr- to be addressed, even if it's on the pre-show. I think you have to have Jason Jordan I approach Kurt it. Angle I and say, "Dad, what the fuck it. are you doing here?"
1: I would not touch it. I would leave it for for the next night. I would have some interaction with them. I can see where you're coming from. You know, he goes to him and says, "Dad." Man, why are you doing this? Let, let me go out there and represent our name. Yep. I could see them going that way. I just personally wouldn't. I wouldn't even touch it. I wouldn't even address the damn thing. I don't think anyone would even miss it if Jason Jordan wasn't, pre, wasn't on, this, on this episode or the show, pay per view.
0: Interesting. I hadn't even thought about the, the Jason Jordan aspect until. I considered right it and now. I just
1: wrote it off. I actually even have it on my notes over to the side. No Jason Jordan.
0: So how do you see this thing going down? Did, did this change the booking of this match for you, or did the booking of this match stay exactly the same and you just replaced Roman Reigns with Kurt Angle?
1: Some of it remained the same, but it completely changed the outcome for me. Interesting. Uh, like I said, I, I am now going to treat this as about the moment. This is about more so of Kurt Angle returning to a WWE ring. Not so much storylines going forward, but I do have a little setup in this match to kind of progress how we get to our, our big finish and our big moment. Remember in the pre-show where I had that kind of that awkward exchange between Kane and Kurt Angle? Well, in this match, you, got, you know, people are outside. The Braun has Kurt cornered. It's, it doesn't look like it's going to be pretty. This is not going well for Angle. And an old friend, maybe not a friend, but a colleague that goes so far back that there is the utmost respect for them, Kane turns on his team and saves Angle from just a vicious beating at the hands of Braun. Uh, Those two big men, they just just unleash hell on one another and brawl brawl themselves right out of the arena and essentially out of the match.
0: I also have Kane turning in this match and – taking out Braun Strowman, leading to a program going forward. Hopefully Kane's going to be around to do a program between Monster Kane and Monster Braun Strowman, get both of them out of the match. Suddenly you're down to three on three.
1: And now my logic had kind of changed. I would have booked their, those two going at it. I, had, I would have had them going at it if Roman had been in this match. Uh, now, that, now that I don't even have to worry about that, I, I kind of blocked that out of my mind. Why, why is this happening? But now there is some logic here. Kane really only came back mainly to target Roman Reigns. He's out of the match. Kurt's in. There's that respect there. He, wasn't, he didn't want to see anything over the top seriously injure him. Yep. Without, without
0: Roman Reigns, Kane has no interest in this match. His beef and is with I, Roman.
1: Yes, and I understand some people might have to be like, well, you know, that's not the monster cane. Well, we've already seen other sides of the monster cane. He can turn it on and off. We know that the monster does have a soft side. He does have a heart. It's just when you're against him that he is going to unleash hell on you.
0: Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you completely thus far.
1: This leads us down to essentially a three-on-three. I've got a basic story going forward where Ambrose and Rollins, they're, you know, they're kind of occupied, they're brawling with the bar. We're seeing some great spots out of those guys. Uh, I I can't remember who I think it was uh, Mr. Henderson Joey Henderson to the live event last night and the bar and Rollins and Ambrose went at it and they, they said it was a, they ended up that became the main event and they turned it into a street fight and they said that C- Cesaro was just putting on a show like just getting worked over it, man he was doing all the work he was taking the beating looking for something like that to happen so you've got those four out of it. And then just for that, big, for that big moment, Miz does what he does best, and that complements everything that Angle does.
0: I have this match going exactly the same way that you do. I have Rollins and Ambrose taking out the bar, the bar taking out Rollins and Ambrose. You're left with the Miz versus Kurt Angle.
1: And I got that big moment. You know, Miz is in there just, if, if, and you're going back, as much as you've stressed, you're worried about Kurt's health at this stage. Who the hell better to have him sitting in there one-on-one with in that hot moment than The Miz?
0: Exactly. The one guy in the company that you know is going to take care of him.
1: In the end, Angle gets that big win. You know, He locks, on that, he locks in the ankle lock. We get the tap. And it's celebration is on. It is the, one of those feel-good moments. Let the red, white, and blue confetti and the streamers fall from the sky.
0: Yep, that's exactly how I have it booked, too.
1: You end, like you said, this is about making the crowd happy. I don't think there's any any better way to send the live audience and the millions and millions watching around the world home with a smile right there.
0: Couldn't have said it better, man. That's exactly how I had the, the main event booked as well. I don't expect any kind of a swerve here. I expect Angle to tap out Miz. I think Miz is going to make the absolute best out of the situation. If anybody can take that loss and spin it and make it look good, it's going to be The Miz. I think it's the smartest way to book it.
1: And, and The Miz is, is so good for what he's going to do. I mean, that's what we're just saying. He's going to be good. He's going to make Angle look great in there while working safe and protecting him. But when he comes back out on Monday, Miz is going to have every reason in the world why he's still the greatest, and you're going to believe it. He's going to get himself right back over.
0: And it's going to be nothing but excuses because Kurt Angle never should have been in this match. I didn't have time to prepare for Kurt Angle. I'm worried about Bo Dallas.
1: Yeah, I've, I've been worried about Superman punches and spears. I wasn't ready for angle slams and ankle locks.
0: Yep, yep. He's the man of 1,004 excuses.
1: Perfect, man. And it's it's going to make for great entertainment going forward.
0: I think it's a solid show. Unfortunately, most of the time when we do these shows, you and I disagree about a lot more and there's a lot more conflict. I think you and I both pretty much booked this show almost identically.
1: I almost I wonder, do we we have we only differed on one match, I believe, was a cruiserweight tag match.
0: Yeah, the cruiserweight tag match that nobody cares about. That's the only one that we really differed on. But even the way that we booked the, the, the card itself was very, very similar.
1: Yeah, we, we kind of, you know, we took maybe some different directions there, but the points were the same. And we elevated not only not only the winners, but we kept those in defeat moving forward. They could walk away with something. They have something moving forward.
0: I agree. I think this looks like it could be a solid card on paper. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what they do with the creative going forward tomorrow
1: this will be interesting
0: anything else that you want to say before we put the finishing touches on around the pool tlc 2017
1: i man, i think it was a good show i was really excited about coming into it and i felt good now we're, as we were moving through it i feel amazing now that we're at the end here i'm looking forward to hearing some feedback you know, seeing what people think about our show, what, what the hell they what think is going to go down in this thing.
0: Yep. Hit us, hit us up on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Drop us a line on Facebook at Hitting the marks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. Let us know which one of our shows you'd rather see or if you're just excited for the show that they have booked tomorrow and how you think it's going to go. We'll be back next week to recap all things TLC Red and Blue. Begin the Build to Survivor Series. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how do the stalkers find you?
1: You can find me over on Twitter at, at the real RBV, and I would encourage everyone to uh, hop on Facebook and head on over to the WrestleZone discussion group. We've got a lot of fun activities going on this weekend. Kicking it off, we've got our Heenan Family Classic tournament. We are down to our finals. We're going to find out the winner of our tournament. Just before the event on Sunday, just before tables, ladders, and chairs, we have got a triple threat going on in a, in our championship match. It is Nick Bockwinkel, Ric Flair, Stan Hansen in a triple threat Balls count anywhere. It's real simple. You you come over, you cast your vote, you give us a reason. Who and why you think is going to go over in this thing? It's a lot of fun with the debate. Then we've got our big event is our WrestleZone Zone discussion group, pay per view pick 'em challenge. Essentially, you you pick the winners. You rank how confident you are in your picks. we got a couple bonus questions. We score it out, and we see uh, at the end of it, we see who the hell knew what they were talking about. Don't
0: forget to join us for Acer's live discussion thread, also in the WrestleZone discussion group tomorrow evening.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that. on the discussion group. I forgot. It's going to be all KFAB. We ain't bringing none of this bullshit real talk. Oh,
0: we're doing kayfabe commentary tomorrow. Yes,
1: we are going all kayfabe tomorrow in in the discussion.
0: Oh, my God, if there was ever a show to do all kayfabe for. Oh, my God. I'll be your heel announcer for the night. Rick, I assume you'll be playing the uh, baby I'll I'll be taking
1: the babies. I'll take the babies. Good times.
0: These are always entertaining. Oh, Jesus. Tonight, we also have Game 7 of the ALCS. It's about ready to kick off by the time I get this thing edited. Go, Yankees. You still I hating no on guess.
1: them? No, you know what? No, I came out openly and said, after, after you beat the Indians, the best of luck to the Yankees moving forward. I've always been a, a believer. If you're going to lose, at least lose to the damn champs.
0: I'm expecting a freaking war tonight between the Yankees and the assholes. I mean, the
1: Astros. I don't know, man. CC's a big game pitcher. Um, cc's a big everything but especially if cc a big is nature. a big
0: everything well that's it everybody enjoy the show tomorrow thanks for listening we'll catch you on the flip-flop for now we're off like a prom dress see ya Front your fingers. me I don't, don't give up f-
1: you back off
0: Bad guy. You'll be the blame on me I smell self-righteousness That's the bad guy Go. And I,
1: yeah. I fucked You're your mama bitch and I lied, she was at home with me last night, so I'll be your bad guy, you know I, will
0: be your bad guy, that's a way, violent.